Hi everyone, and thank you for tuning in to UBS Global Research PodHub, a channel that shares insights from economists, strategists, and equity analysts on the pivotal questions and events shaping today's markets. My name is Sambudha Ray, Global Product Manager within UBS Investment Banking Research. And in this episode, we are going to be taking a look at CBDCs, which is a short form to central bank digital currencies, with particular focus on how the ECB, or the European Central Bank, is stepping up its preparations. Just as a matter of context, so far 11 countries have fully launched a CBDC and 130 countries representing 98% of global GDP are exploring the idea of one. But does these numbers overstate the actual level of enthusiasm on digital currencies? To address this topic, I'm joined today by Reinhard Kluze, UBS's chief economist for Europe. Reinhard, hi. Let's take a step back and try to understand why would a digital euro be needed at all when we have cash? Yeah, so with this question, uh, somebody actually touch upon one of the most difficult questions right at the beginning, because it would be very, very difficult to convince the broader public uh, that a digital euro will be needed at all. As you will figure out in just a second, um, the arguments in favor of a digital euro are actually quite abstract, at least to many people, at least to the non-economists. So making the case uh, will be an uphill struggle for the ECB and other central banks. Um, within the grand scheme of things, uh, the ECB with its digital euro project is now preparing for the future where the role of cash will decline further and one day cash might uh, diminish and disappear altogether. So I can tell you that uh, in the year 2022, last year, the cash only had a share of 59% of all transactions. Uh, the wow. number of transactions, only 59%. Um, in terms of value, the share of cash had already fallen to 46%. So cash is declining, and I think that um, trend will continue in the future. And mm -hmm. with the Digital Europe project, the ECB is now uh, preparing uh, for this. So the ECB wants to make sure that in the future, even without cash, it could still supply public money. Now, you said it. Why should we care if we still have cash? Um, yes, cash might diminish, but even then you might say, hey, if I don't use cash anymore, I've got my debit card, my credit card, I've got Google Pay, so what's the problem? I can use those. And at this stage here, we need to make the distinction between public money and private money. Public money is central bank money like euro cash. But the money you use on your credit card, your debit card, Google Pay, is not public money. It's private money. The counterparty is a bank or a payments provider, a credit card company. And that comes with default risk. Um, and and um, whereas digital money that is issued by the central bank um, would not be subject to um, default risk. So in this context, there is a there is a qualitative difference between a digital euro and other forms of digital money. And this also means now that um, as cash is declining and we use private digital money more and more, uh, the ECB sees a risk that it, will that it will lose control over the issuance of money 
and also that its impact, its influence, its ability to steer the economy through monetary policy is diminishing because um, the ECB and other central banks fear that private payments providers, including uh, and also cryptocurrencies, that they will play a bigger role in the economy and with that undermine um, the effectiveness of monetary policy and also the, the overall influence of the central bank in the economy. So preserving access to public money amid declining cash usage is very important as a driver of the digital euro project. And then preserving monetary policy autonomy amid the growing influence of private payment providers. And then also the ECB wants to provide a user-friendly form of digital money. And some people say it also would like to gain um, optionality in terms of future monetary policy implementation, although this is not uh, probably the, the main argument for the ECB right now. Interesting. All right. I mean, that, that, that's, that's a good overview in terms of uh, why this is needed. Uh, let's stick to the example of ECB. So, so tell us, where do we stand right now on, on digital euros specifically? So the ECB has done a lot of work on the digital euro over the last five years. And um, it is expected this month to give the green light for a three-year so-called realization phase. And in this realization phase, it will develop and test the technical and business requirements needed for a digital euro. And then at the end of this realization phase, presumably in late 2026 or 2027, the ECB could then decide whether or not to actually launch a digital euro a few years later, a step that would then have major implications for the financial sector, payment services, and monetary policy. At the moment, we see a good degree of enthusiasm at the ECB and also the European Commission, because the EU will be heavily involved in this. Uh, so good degree of enthusiasm at the ECB and the European Commission. And, um, Therefore, I think they have a tendency to move ahead, but um, the risks and challenges around the digital euro are very meaningful. We have very meaningful uh, criticism of the project. So one of the conclusions we drew is that at the end of this three-year realization phase, one of the options for the ECB might be not to go ahead right away, but reassess the case for a digital euro every two to three years, and then perhaps um, give the green light one day in the more distant future. Fascinating stuff. Um, you already kind of alluded to it, but surely I, I, I want to explore more on that. Um, this doesn't come without a set of challenges, right? Um, so could you highlight a few potential risks of CBDCs in the context of digital euro that, uh, that the audience should be aware of? So the skeptics worry in particular about the negative implications for credit conditions and financial stability. This sounds very abstract, but one of the key concerns is that, for example, if you, if you uh, decide to get some, to, to purchase some digital euros, you would do this with the money in your bank account. So will you, you would right. swap your bank account partly into digital euro. And what this means in essence is that the bank is losing funding. Your deposit is lost for the bank and it needs to um, acquire funding 
from other sources which which might be um, more difficult or more expensive so Correct. if a lot of people swap into digital euros this could reduce um, the availability of funding for banks could make funding more expensive and then there's also the concern that in times of crisis when um, confidence in the banking sector is um, perhaps in question that a lot of people would pull their deposits out of banks and swap into digital euro and that, that this would make future bank runs worse um, and then the a big question is whether the broader public would actually accept a digital euro um, as we said earlier the the arguments in favor of a digital euro are not straightforward they're quite abstract many people might not see the point they might also have concerns over privacy you really want to share your transactions with the state uh, and the central bank of course here is an agent of the state we can already see that um, activists and fringe groups also conspiracy theorists will target um, the digital euro project and other cbd projects so making the case for the digital euro in light of the broader you know in in the eyes of the broader public will not be easy then um the skeptics also say that the benefits for monetary policy will actually be very limited so overall the skeptics believe that the cost benefit ratio of a digital euro is quite unconvincing that the project is not worth all the effort and money that will go into it interesting interesting that's uh, that's quite that's quite um, interesting okay uh, in, in in that context um so so help us paint, paint this picture in terms of how would a digital euro look like when when it finally gets introduced to the market yeah the digital euro first of all would be a retail cbdc it would be geared to support retail transaction of limited value this is you know payments in shops e-commerce also payments between private individuals or tax payments between individuals and the government it would not be geared towards accommodating very large financial flows uh, between financial institutions or between large corporations. Uh, these large transactions would be a wholesale CBDC, not a retail CBDC. Um, the digital euro would complement cash. It would not replace it, so very important. Um, it would have legal tender status. That means all merchants would have to accept the uh, digital euro. And then the offering of the digital euro. Here, the ECB would apply a division of labor between itself and the uh, commercial banks. What that means is that the, the um, ECB itself would control issuance and settlement. So all the accounting in the background, if you wish, whereas the commercial banks would perform all the customer facing tasks. And that also means that if you want a digital euro account, you, you will not go to the ECB to ask what you go to your own bank who will do the job the ECB cannot handle uh, all these sort of account transactions for hundreds of millions of people in the eurozone and then to limit uh, deposit losses for banks uh, and potential risk for financial stability the ecb would apply a two-tier structure um, and with that they would eventually limit the amounts of digital euro you can hold in tier one this would be basic amount of digital euro, perhaps up to three or three and a half thousand. You could hold this. Um, they would pay zero interest rate, but then there would be a tier two uh, where you would hold higher amounts, not unlimited, but higher amount, let's say up to 20,000 euros or so. And on that, you would have to pay 
a negative interest. So, so you would be charged an interest rate. That sounds perhaps counterintuitive, but the idea here is the ECB would want to set a disincentive for you to hold large amounts of digital euro, which would then mean a, a loss of deposits for the um, central bank. So all combined, um, it's quite clear the ECB will move ahead this month to give the green light to the realization phase. Uh, but making the case that the digital euro will be needed will actually be an uphill struggle. So we say um, also because the, the risks and the challenges will have to be taken seriously, um, we do not um, believe that the eventual introduction of a digital euro is a foregone conclusion right away. We think that at the end of the realization phase in 2026 or 27, the ECB could also take the decision not to introduce the digital euro, but reassess on an ongoing basic basis every two to three years or so, and then perhaps introduce a digital euro one day in the more distant future. That was quite insightful. One thing for sure is that the topic will continue to gain relevance over the course of the next few years. Um, so we'll keep exploring and, and evolving as we get more information. Thank you for visiting the UBS Research Pod Hub. Um, that was an introduction of central bank digital currencies and an overview on the future of digital euro. With me, Sambuda Ray and Reinhard Klus at UBS. Tune in again for more investment insights. Thank you very much. This content has been prepared by UBS AG, its subsidiaries and or affiliates, and is purely informational in nature. It is not investment research and does not contain an investment recommendation, nor investment or professional advice. It is not an offer or solicitation to engage in any investment activity, and you should seek your own financial, tax, and legal advice before engaging in any such activity. UBS has no responsibility to you in relation to this content and has no regard to your personal circumstances or investment objectives, and receiving it does not imply any form of client relationship with UBS for any legal, regular or tax purpose. This content is not intended for distribution into any jurisdiction where to do so would be contrary to law or regulation. UBS does not accept any liability over the content of such material or reliance upon any information contained herein. The views and opinions expressed by any guest speaker or third party are not those of UBS. Accordingly, UBS does not accept any liability over any such views and opinions expressed by such persons. This content is the valuable intellectual property of UBS, and UBS specifically prohibits the redistribution of it in whole or in part without its prior written permission. Copyright UBS 2023. The key symbol and UBS are among the registered and unregistered trademarks of UBS. All rights reserved.